I imagine like I'm on like a, a long country road. You ever seen those on like a, a planes or something like on a movie when they'll zoom out and the niggas will just be driving on one of those roads. <laughs> I'm on like one of those roads. They got like mountains in the background. I'm in a Jeep with no doors. And I'm just like letting my hair flow through the wind. That's like all of Maryland <laughs> outside of Baltimore. You have a fro. <laughs> Nigga said my hair flow. <laughs> who are you? What character Which are you playing? Is this? Yeah, who, who's the dream nigga right now? Who are you envisioning? It's crazy. I'm like, I'm like Steven Adams or somebody. <laughs> Being a seven foot nigga in a no door Jeep, that probably looks crazy. This is Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. I can't show with the bop or bozo. I'm the one dodging bullets in slow mo. Little bitch, you are not at a dojo. You can't kick it here, bitch. I am JoJo. Cause all how I'm moving, I'm tripping. Got these tabs on my tongue like a browser. Oh my god, Louis over there spitting. He could beat up this beef for an hour. Bitch from the city of God. Everybody you know is a fraud. Man, I think someone spray me in pot. I just wanted my father's applause. I just wanted my mother's applause. I just wanted these crackers applause. money. Can you do something for me? Can you start this fucking pot up for me? Tired money. Can you do something for me? I thought he was in the other room. Like, nah. <laughs> Welcome to episode 122 of the Unheard Podcast. Um, this is going to be an exciting episode. We got special guest Jason Rodriguez coming on a little later to talk Bad Bunny. We're going to talk uh, Bad Bunny and his massive success, you know, his role in hip-hop. We're going to talk about gatekeeping in hip-hop, just a lot of great stuff over there. So stay tuned for that. But before that, man, we got to get into the Drake, the 21, her loss. Somebody said, um, certified lover boy, honestly, never mind, her loss. Y'all think Drake was getting at something there? Or you you, feed, think way, you feed way too much into, into, into social media Drake hype, and I'm not and you're saying. and you're and I don't just know. I don't know, I don't know if you're ever gonna get free. Like at this point, you might just have to, you know, just get used to the jail because you're you're in prison. You're in you're in Drake prison right now. I'm in prison. You've sent us every notification, news, controversy. No, I have to come out about her right. loss. You sent us the Meg. Controversy. Um, you were keeping us updated with that. I mean, you've really been one of Aubrey's angels for this for this release. <laughs> this is crazy. So, take it away. Chance makes a, a I'll call it a cute list, <laughs> a cute list of superlatives. Uh, so I guess we'll go through that. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, call my superlatives cute. Now we gotta change them, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good list. I was just trolling. <laughs> This nigga a troll, bro. All right, we got best song, best production. We got best verse. We got best 21 moment, best Drake moment, and then most surprising. So I guess we started off with what was the what was the what was the best song on the project to y'all? I tweeted it. Uh, you made fun of my tweets, but this was one of the ones that got a tweet out of me. I was in silence. Thought that was just prime Drake at the end. Even 21, he did his little. Uh, what do you say? You know that Savage Love You Girl, I think? It sounded like early Drake. It was fun. I remember we were like, is 21 going to be in his R&B bag? And he didn't really do it, but he did it on that song. And it turned out good. Wish we got more. Jumbotron shit popping. Best song on the tape. Um, Lil Yachty influence. Drake felt like he was embracing like the new generation, the, the, the new rhythms, the new drums. He had Filthy and Oogie Mane on production. Um, but then it, you know, it still had the Drake melodies and had the, uh, the sample, you know, the vocal sample pitched down in the back. So it still felt like authentic Drake is like a perfect Drake record to me. Best song. I'm gonna go favorite song. I'm not gonna call it best. <laughs> favorite song for me. <laughs> I want to like the hours in silence and I feel like over time I will. I felt like in the context of this project, it was a little bit too drawn out, but I think I cannot say that one because I feel like that's going to come back to haunt me. But the one I'm rocking with right now that I think underrated low-key is the on BS. That's not a bad one. Is that the one where he says if you uh, would have held your tongue on live, you'd be alive again? XXX this. Allegedly. Allegedly. I just think that was... Before you take you that out. That really encapsulated what... Like the the essence of a twenty one Drake project, it was just fun. 
little sassy, little zesty. Okay. Um, why is that in your mind? Why is that your like ideal and that, that leads me to project. my to my next superlative. I think, I think that one might have had you know, I ain't gonna lie to privileged rappers though. That might be the most slept on. We should have said that most slept on. Bro, it's been most, it's been two three days, dude. I hate you, bro. <laughs> and the project is selling four hundred k first week. There's no slept on song bro, on this there's project. There's no slept on songs <laughs> selling four hundred k. Come on, the ones I ain't hear niggas talking about. All right, fuck the slept on on BS. I think that got my favorite production. That leads me to that superlative. So what what y'all picking? Uh, my pick for best production, I'll say Major Distribution. He did the uh, I think it's the song was called TD or something D JD. It was like a Yachty song with Tierra Whack and uh, Rocky and Tyler the Creator. I, I just like that beat. It's like a, it's like the perfect like freestyle. Like back when niggas were going like High ninety seven, like just play that beat. And like okay, I got one. Like it's the perfect freestyle type beat. In terms of classic Drake production, my favorite production on there was probably Middle of the Ocean because it felt like one of the Drake Time Zone songs, like six p.m. and wherever, four a.m. and wherever. Um, that's why I love that production, but probably my like the best in my opinion is probably Spin About You. That probably wowed me the most. Um, it's a phenomenal record, phenomenal beat. Best verse. To be honest, I wasn't really listening to anything these niggas were saying on this project. I don't think that's what it's for. <laughs> I don't, like I don't think niggas need to be sitting in their room with a thinking cap and their and their listening ears trying to like listen to the Drake project for for bars and shit like like. Just sit down, play some 2K, whatever you want to do. Just like it's a lifestyle. Like Drake at this point, he's doing not to say he's embracing himself like as a gimmick, but he knows that this shit is just like for fun. He's just on the playground at this point. Like he's nothing left to prove. It's like LeBron. He's LeBron James. So yeah, I wasn't listening to anything they were saying, to be fair. I literally can't tell you my favorite verse on here. I guess he was talking his shit the most on hours in silence. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I, I felt I guess that's, I was a lead into that. His little moment. He tried to recreate, you know, diamonds dancing on that one. You can see where he was going for like those type of moments, and this was definitely a, a diamonds dancing ass moment. Give best verse to three a.m. and only Glenwood twenty one Savage. Oh. I thought that was mm. you didn't like the verse. I didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't song. like that song. Yeah, yeah. Damn, that was like a great twenty one exhibition. I hated that pump fake. Leave that shit to Drake. Yeah, so I I came in expecting to hate the pump fake because I was like, okay, this is Drake's song, 3 a.m. What is Drake doing on Glenwood? Then it was 21. I was like, all right, I guess I'm into the story. It was just very detailed storytelling, rapping, high point for 21. Great verse. Best 21 moment. It's got to be Rich Flex. I'm going a, I'm to a snatch it, smacker, booty, and magic. Yeah, that Rich Flex hard. I, I fuck with that Rich Flex. That's like top three for me on this. Dog, project. the delivery on that bar was just phenomenal. Like, I also agree. That is definitely twenty one best. That's his. That's his. That's his pocket right there. Best Drake moment. I'm gonna have to say I liked him on that. Um, on that privileged rappers. I really did. I also thought back out. Back outside. Oh, nigga, you don't get to funny. do this, bro. Choose one. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pick one. You're gonna pick gonna, one. I pick privileged rappers. I pick privileged rappers. Yeah, Drake, Drake, Drake slid on that giant. Yeah, he did. He slid on that giant. And while "Privileged Rappers" is a phenomenal song, Chance hinted to it. Track four, "Back Outside Boys," two minutes and thirty-three seconds of gold. I don't know, like the last time we've heard Drake, like probably since "Time Flies," in my opinion, it was like the last time we heard Drake run a song from start to finish like that, like. Back outside, boys. That time flies it is crazy. Back outside, boys, was a really refreshing moment for me as a Drake fan. Drake fan, it was like, oh, he's really like, not only embracing the sound, but you can tell he's having fun with it. Like he ran that joint. He said he doesn't have time for no crime or news. What does he have time for? <laughs> I feel like that's all we see is news. Not having time for news. Come on, man. Back outside, boys, is my favorite Drake moment. I got Jumbotron shit popping. Vance talked about it earlier. It was the moment, that second verse was like the 
you can't keep getting away with this. Like, this nigga might really live on forever through rap. I was like, no way. I'm too lit. I'm like, yo. And that was going to be my this next just prayer. perfectly replicated Cardi and Thug in a verse. He even, Yachty. like, was throwing out Die Lit. Like, he was fully into it. I was like, nah, this is insane. Too slow. This man is oh 36. <laughs> this man is 36. Now, that leads right into my most surprising um, pick, which would have been... The Jumbotron shit popping, even though, as we know, Drake is the ultimate chameleon. So it ain't really that goddamn surprising. But runner up would have definitely been the Circo Loco. We've been seeing the niggas do the, um, you know, the old That's most surprising samples. to you? That's the least surprising. Drake just. No, 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 no. That's not the most surprising. That's not the most surprising. I'm saying that would be like running up. That would be like the least surprising the most... to me. That's just way too sexy. Re- again, I'm good. I'm yeah. good off of that. I. I like the Jumbotron shit popping, though. Um, you know, I said it, though. I said it earlier. I'm like, you know, he called this Drake Time 21, but he was just using this as, as some moments to get off, you know, some shit. Some Playboy Cardi type shit. Some shit he wanted to try. And and as I predicted, who had the writing credit? I mean, Yachty. Don't say I didn't tell you so. You didn't. <laughs> you did not predict that Lil Yachty or Cardi would be all Just over Just make your album. most surprising pick, bro. Make, this make literally your most was not. Pick, I mean, my, my most surprising pick was probably going to be. Um, I mean, yeah, it probably wasn't going to be a song, but just, yeah, the fact that Yachty produced four records and was had writing credit over the album. Um, that was my most surprising. I, didn't, like, I, I wasn't expecting him to take that little. I don't even know if you can really call it a leap. More so like it's like, uh, what's it called? Like, what was this shit called? And who wants to be a millionaire? Or is like you could call like a lifeline. That was kind of like he used his lifeline, one of his lifelines on um, Yachty. And I didn't think this was the album where Drake would use a lifeline, if that makes sense. My most surprising pick was uh, Drake not being super smart. <laughs> I always credit Drake as being like the smartest rapper, but I've seen women turn on Drake from this project. Like, day one, everybody was loving Drake. It was your typical Drake release. Drake, 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 Drake. Then by, like, midnight, niggas caught on to the Meg line. <laughs> then day two, day two, it was just war. Think peace, think peace, think peace, war. People were like, is Drake a misogynist, question mark? I'm like, niggas been a misogynist his whole career. Yo. <laughs> but he's, like, finally showed his hand on this album, and I think, I don't know. I don't know if that's a smart move for Drake. Yo, that's a good point, bro. I, I don't think I've ever seen... um. A Twitter, a Twitter kind of dilemma or news story just break so perfectly. Like, like you said, album came out over here. You know, for us, nine o'clock. Everybody was listening. Like, oh my god, Drake's running this shit. This shit sounds crazy. By like, yeah, midnight, people were just going in finding every single disc. Like, every disc. Niggas caught on. Niggas, they found every you know disc. First listen, be the. That'd be the Zand out listen. Like, okay, I don't I mean, just I don't, up. Like, I don't, I'm not I don't listening for nothing. This, I don't know about the Zand out listen. I mean, I not just the Zand out listen. IPA not the Zand out. Turned lit a candle. I mean, I had a peaceful listen. I wasn't on the Xanax, but that's not the Zand out. Listen, I'm sure. The sleepy listen. That's what I meant to see. Yeah, I mean, I'm just yeah, I'm listening for the vibes, and then you know you run back on BS again, and then niggas talking about if you weren't on that or if you held your tongue on that lie, that boy would be alive again, and then niggas on. Twitter talking about the only rapper Drake ever had beef with involving Instagram Live was X. Um, and then, yeah, the Meg stuff. And then I think I saw one tweet from Big Business. He said, it's too late right now. But when first when first shift Twitter finds out about this Meg line, it's going to be a frenzy. And that was tweeted at like <laughs> 1 a.m. And, and, when, and, when and when I woke up at like 8 a.m., 9 a.m. over here, best believe that first shift, I was seeing all the graphics, TMZ, uh, the rap pages, Friends. everybody was just, and I was already seeing Meg responses, like, it was a whole story. Um, no, nah, at first night, it was really like when you're in the middle of a good dream and you feel yourself about to wake <laughs> up and you're like, please, please. No, just a few more <laughs> minutes, please. That was me on like night one, I was like. Damn, this is like finally an album that everybody was listening to, really just discussing Facts. the music. Nobody you know? was hating. It was just great music talks, like just love in the air surrounding music. Then the Meg should happen. Immediately. And I, and I saw the Biz tweet too. I was like, yep. Then I saw the Meg response. I was like, yep, stories about to come out. 
I didn't even want to go to sleep because I knew as soon as I, I woke knew, up. I knew, bro. Like, it was so clear. <laughs> I, I haven't seen something so clear in my life of being, like, because I think it was one of those things where I heard the diss, and obviously I will admit, like, my rap brain, and it's probably been conditioned to, like, misogyny and rap, but I was like, oh, that's a clever one, you know? I wasn't ever thinking any, because that's not to say that's, like, okay, or that's why it's okay, but, it was but, a low blow. but, like, growing up, I feel like there were a lot of rap songs where it was, like, the, like bars like that were kind of lauded a little bit more because they kind of hindered on that edge. They weren't so clean or safe, but they were still clever. So I'm not going to say it's not a clever bar, but it's definitely, like Chance said, a low blow. But I never thought that it was going to be a huge thing because I feel like Drake's had a bunch of just kind of, like, lines where people catch strays. Like, Drum kept, caught that stray on, the, on on Back Outside Boys. That was an unnecessary one. But, no. um, I mean, I feel like all of Drake's strays are unnecessary. He's not really the, the beef rapper. Right? But that one was like, all right. But, um. Like, why we had to. Like, he, he tried to make it like it was something else. Come no, on, that, bro. That right. was crazy. Can we can we These wait, folks can we not play that, that stupid. Can we play. Can we insert the Lil Yachty clip right here? For, uh. To hear, to hear him explain. To hear him explain the, um, Drake line away. Nah. All right, Yachty capes for Drake in three, two, one. Because I know, I know he's not going to address it. So, like, I know he's, because I just know Drake. So, this is about getting shots, but she's still a stallion. has nothing to do with Megan. It's about women lying about their butt shots. You know, like, saying it's real when it's fake. That's crazy. Bruh, he, Nigga phoned a friend. That's a, a loyal friend. And the Yachty started. He said, I'm going to speak on this shit because I, I know Drake won't. <laughs> nah, it's the equivalent of Young Thug when James Harden posted that uh, Blue Lives Matter mask or whatever. He don't know what's going <laughs> you know, on. Like, he don't even got internet. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, bro. Drake said he has no time for news. Like, he might not have even known what was going on. But regardless, nah, the, the, the BBL cape was terrible. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was it. That's a terrible excuse, but I mean, like Yadi said, I don't think Drake's gonna address it. I do think it is a little wild that in the same weekend that like we're talking about gun violence would take off, and that like he makes the. I mean, he didn't just write the song, but the timing and the optics. Yeah, like Taj said, he wasn't calculated with this when he got cooked. It was a low blow. We'll leave it at that. Guess we should get into unheard, man. Before we, I got one. Play this uh this Suave Forever with uh with Dustin Conrad. I just know if we never fix it up, we ain't gotta be together. Just know it means no pressure. Cause I'ma hold you down forever. And you can get your spot back whenever. Cause anybody next to you can't measure. And even with these diamonds on me, it's no treasure. You're the only thing in my life that's forever I don't rush no relation But this thing we got gon' take a little patience Oh, take you wherever you wanna go It's yours, I'm sure But I know what it is We pull up in the sided bins We ride with your friends, I know We link is gone for magical I'm sure all right, we got a special guest, Jason Rodriguez, a uh, hip-hop journalist. He's been at Spotify, Vivo, XXL, MTV. But he's here today because he wrote a fire uh, entry into his newsletter called Backseat Freestyle. We've been talking about Bad Bunny and just this crazy year. But I feel like we couldn't really contextualize how crazy Bad Bunny is because a lot of our audience doesn't really follow <laughs> that subgenre. So when he wrote this column, I was like, damn, that's perfect. That's the perfect entry into the conversation of Bad Bunny. So the title was called A Bad Bunny Primer for Hip Hop Heads. So if you just want to like take away and like give like the synopsis of the uh, newsletter, and then I'll like, we can all just enter in with questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's going on, fellas? Um, no, nah, I, I, had, I, had, I had this idea for this newsletter for a while. And um, I think the thing is for me, like, so, you know, my background is a hip hop journalist. And it's it, it, like, although I'm Puerto Rican, it's very much like American hip hop. And like, even growing up, I remember I'd go to Puerto Rico and like, you know, like my whole family, like everybody in my whole family knew um, that I loved hip hop. And it's so funny saying this now because with like the internet, like everybody can be in it. But like, you know, when I was younger, like you had to really work to get mixtapes and get music. 
Um, so it's like you were an obsessive hip hop dude. It was like your identity. Like, I mean, like this, this, you know, like this dude goes hard. And so, you know, everybody knew I was into hip hop and they would always try to put me on to artists over there. And I'm like, nah, like, you know, that shit is trash. And, um, and, and I think it was just, the, you know, it, the, the cultures are just so separate, like what they were doing over there versus what was happening over here. And, you know, over time, it just kept getting closer and closer and closer. And, you know, to give like just to give you like examples, like this is kid Mike Towers, who he's like, uh, I don't know, like 26 years old. He's like super like spitter rap. And he dropped an album this year, uh, late last year called Like Mike. And like the, the, the font that he used was like the Elmatic font. Right. And, um, you know, he had like Jonathan Mannion, who's like a, you know, famous hip hop photographer. He took like that photo of Lauren Hill right there. So, like, you know, just, just the influences are just getting closer and closer. And, you know, for me, it's it, it's something that I could recognize because obviously, like, my, my career, my life is dedicated to hip hop. Um, but also, like, my at home culture is Puerto Rican. Right. So, you know, seeing the rise of Bad Bunny, like, it was, it was like really easy to kind of see it like coming together. And then, you know, for a lot of people, like you, you just see like this, this dude, like first, like his name is kind of wild, right? Like Bad Bunny. And then, you know, it just keeps on doing his things, getting more popular and more popular. And then like, especially like the last year and a half, just really dominating like streaming services and kind of getting all these awards. And I, I just saw a lot of people being like, I, I don't either, I don't get it or this must be fake or uh, my favorite is like, I don't know what he's saying, but that shit is jamming. And, you know, for me, like, I, th these are just thoughts that I, I had, like, you know, a, a lot of the way he moves is very, like, rap influence. And I, I knew a lot of people thought he's like, oh, he's just Puerto Rican Drake. And then when he did uh, Mia with, with Drake, like, that made it really easy to kind of lean into this idea, like, oh, you know, he's a pretty boy, kind of sing song, raps, like, I got it, that makes it easy for me. But, um, yeah, he's just, you know, he's just a lot more than that. Like, and even when I tell people after I wrote it, like, he's independent like that blew people away they, they just didn't get that like i'm like yo he's not signed to a major label he's a soundcloud kid just like chant the rapper like that's how he blew um it, you know his his origins like before he dropped an album he used to really just like spit 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 and so you know there was just like a lot of like parallels and 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 like you know new york is kind of his version of miami for like drake or like houston uh, you know, he came up with a, a crew called the Mambo Kings. It was kind of like his cash money. So there was just a lot of like parallels. It just seemed very like American hip hop in context. And so, um, yeah, you know, I finally got around to like publishing it and, and, and writing it. And, you know, a lot of people seem to connect with it. Yeah. All right. I'm going to drop some stats, I guess, just to like show how crazy Bad Bunny has been going this year. So the thing that first like caught my eye, I follow this account on Twitter called Chart, Chart Data. And it was like every week it was just Bad Bunny, 100,000 units, Bad Bunny, 100,000 units. I was like, all right, bro, this is crazy. It was ridiculous. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. I've never seen anything like it. Well, he's got the most weeks at number one in the last 10 years on Billboard 200. The first leg of his tour, it was 21 shows, and it was the U.S. only. It was He sold 232, gross $232 million, and he sold 944,000 tickets on just 21 shows, U.S. only. <laughs> And, this is and that's his second tour of the year. He, he had another tour. He, he toured off his last album at the first half of the year, and then he toured off the current album the second half. So, like, he he's just working. It's crazy. He's yeah. working. That's crazy. And it's also the fact that he, like, knew how hot he was because he named the tour World's Hottest Tour. <laughs> like, he called the shot before the tour. Yeah, he put no, he put no way a nest day that's going to last him for generations upon generations especially independent um which is amazing but i was gonna say like he, i mean he's like he's he's super ill man like like i said like before he dropped his album his first album called uh forever like he he you know people call that like the trap bunny phase like he it was a lot of like you know uh, uh i chopped your chick down like you know like you ain't shit um like i'm that dude like he was really like sort of like you know mr like i'll steal your girl like that was his whole steeze and he guessed it on like anybody's song. Like if you were super hot, a legend, or if you're an upstart just like him, like, you know, he 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 really kind of earned it. And then um I, I think what was most interesting about him is like he he had like all these Lucy's, like all these SoundCloud Lucy's where it was just kind of him spitting. And then, you know, he was people were anticipating his album. And then when he dropped his album, like it was just really him utilizing the idea of what an album is and just completely like going into a pocket with like this collection where he really he 
he um, reimagined is probably too dramatic of it, but like for reggaeton, like he he really pushed it forward like 20, 30 years, like with the sounds and the influences drawn from pocket to the US and Latin. Uh, and then the fact that like he dropped it on uh, Noche Buena, which is Christmas Eve, that for like Puerto Rico, for like Latin people, that's like, um, you know, it's like uh, the night before Thanksgiving. It's like the biggest night of the year to like party. So like immediately like soundtracked all that. Um, and so, and uh, he almost had a number one off of that. And like Noche Buena, I think that year was like a Friday. So like the, for, for the charts, he only had like three days and he still ran it up and, and maybe had like a number three album. So, you know, he, he just he just really knows how to occupy like the space that he's in, who his fan base is. And then each album is just different. Like he's 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 a chameleon in that regard where, you know, like his, his first album was that. Then his second album was like a super old to like old school reggaeton. Then, you know, then he dropped this collabo album with uh, Jay Balvin that was like really kind of like uh, um, uh, like global and it sounds like with with taking from like U.S. roots, Latin, Africa, like it's just it's just I don't know. It's 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 really dope sort of the creativity he has and not kind of just resting on like who he was during his rise. You compared that Jay Balvin went to like you said it was like Watch the Throne. I was like, okay, I was like, it was the hip hop comparisons is what made me understand like just how big it is. So like in terms of rappers that you've like seen throughout your career, where's like what would you compare Jay? I mean, Bad Bunny right now. I mean, it's hard because if I say it, y'all, it'll be crazy. But I mean, he's really he's 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 Drake and Kendrick mixed with like Kid Cudi, um, like when they were all at their hottest point. Um, which sounds insane, I'm sure, for y'all to hear, but like, but that's why he's racking up the numbers that he's racking up. Not even. I've never in my 22 years of life, I don't think I've like maybe, <laughs> maybe Lil Wayne in his little run. But, but I don't think big, I, I don't. Bigger, I don't bigger than that. Yeah. And obviously, it's bigger. I'm just in terms of like, and seeing the the like market share, or like hold that it just has, like, and he's had the hold, and so I guess it's just been such a steady climb for him. That it's like now it's like he's just out of control more so than like an overnight success that, you know, like might flame out kind of quickly. Now he's just like an overdrive. Like, I don't really know. It's crazy. Like he, he, dropped, he dropped his debut album in 2018. He did the album with J Balvin in 2019. Uh, 2020, he dropped two albums. And then, you know, he, he collected all the like trophies and awards in 2021 then he dropped this most recent album now so it's like you know he's he's he has his foundation man and he's been working like it, it is kind of like that wayne run and just you know the prowess with the output um so but quick it's, it's yeah. it, but, it, but it's just crazy because every album is so different like it, it's so is this his best work you think um i think his debut album is his best work it, it, it was just so like genre redefining that that first album this one's dope this one's like his most polished album um and that's probably why it's doing as well and, and and it's like a perfect it's like a coy cheeky kind of ode to like the that like the summer breakup album um so you know it's called it's a, it's called a summer without you um but it's not it's not he's not his heart broke. he's playing with the idea of heartbroken like he's really like i'm gonna be okay uh, without you and he, he's kind of just playing with the idea of like um this breaks my heart it really breaks your heart i'm good I was going to ask that because you said like the whole um, your favorite comment is how everybody says I don't really know what he's saying, but I vibe with it. It's kind of me <laughs> like USC um, required me to take three Spanish courses and I like remember nothing. But like, what's the mood when you listen to this album? Like, what's part of the day? You like, all right, it's time to listen to the Bad Bunny Project because it has to be getting listened to a lot. <laughs> I mean, this one. Yeah, this one's a, a, a summer album. So this one's like definitely like daytime uh, um, like you know, like I, I'm here in like New York, so it's like the, the uh, summertime beach vibes. Whether you're like at, at um, out in Queens, like on on the beach scene, or like Jersey Shore, like it's it's, it's it takes over there. You know what I mean? Um, and it's funny because I was in Atlanta like a month and a half ago, and two of my friends randomly were just like tweeting. Cause they were doubting the like veracity of like Bad Bunny's numbers, and they're like, "Yo, I can't like I, I don't believe this. Like I don't hear this shit anywhere." Foolish. And and um, which you know, it's it's <laughs> it's like Atlanta's. There's like if y'all ever been to Atlanta, like there's no there's only like Mexicans, and that's like recently in Atlanta. Like there's just no Latin people in Atlanta. 
And um, so, you know, at, with this, the two tours he did this year, there's no Atlanta stops, right? Like he, he knows his, he's going to Houston, he's going to Miami, LA, Chicago, San Antonio, New York, obviously. Um, but anyway, but I was out there for like four days and I heard, the, I heard Bad Bunny three times. Like I heard him out once at nighttime proper, like in the spot. Um, I was like in the hood in Atlanta and like I, a car drove by and I was like, damn, this word like, we're damn near about a trap. And like, I'm hearing Bad Bunny play. So it's, um yeah, it's, it's, it's legit, but it's, it's definitely like uh daytime, hot girls, not wearing as much clothes type music. That's yeah. a very like Bad Bunny scene. Yeah, I was hearing it all summer in New York City. You couldn't go nowhere and not hear the Bad Bunny. All the bars is blasting out the doors in the bars. Um, but obviously, you know, I think he's obviously going to do, you know, his greatest numbers in those really culturally rich places. Um, just because, as you mentioned, he's not only for, like, the Latin American audience. Like, he does bring in a lot of those influences. You've seen, like, you know, Tim's, like, WizKid's about to drop an album tomorrow. Um, um, what's his name? Who made Last Last? Burner Boy. Like, these worldwide artists are, like, really... You know, they've been bubbling for some years now, especially when you've seen some of our biggest artists in, like, the U.S. market, like a Drake, for instance, do songs with, um, you know, a Bad Bunny or or um, a WizKid or, or whatnot. But um, they're definitely taking over and, and, and becoming, like, you know, more mainstream to, like, an American audience where I don't think we really saw that, you know, five years ago. So very interesting. Yeah. But, and, what, and what I want is, it's funny because after I wrote this newsletter, like I had some dude coming at me on Twitter and he's like, oh man, like you got this, like, you know, hip hop media has this agenda and they're trying to like force Bad Bunny to be hip hop. And um, I'm like, yo, this is my single operator independent newsletter, um, <laughs> my brother. But um, no, but you know, a, a lot of the discussion and like the discourse I had going back with him is like, I, I want hip hop to feel ownership of Bad Bunny. You know, like he's clearly influenced by hip hop. Burner Boy is WizKid is. And so like, you know, we had mentioned it like off air, like, you know, there was that Billboard article that talks about hip hop's uh, declining uh, dominance. And I, I have a lot of like gripes with that article that I just thought it was not framed correctly. But it's it's uh, that if you look at it it's like from a pure hip hop standpoint, which I don't even like using that word pure. If you look at it from the idea of the traditional sense of what hip hop is, um, you know that would make it feel that way. But you know it's it's uh, you know Burner Boy's record, like although it samples Tony Braxton, like it's a it's a sample and it's a flip and it's clearly hip hop influenced, right? Like Bad Bunny is clearly hip hop influenced. So I think the culture should feel an ownership stake in their success um, and look at those two examples like that's part of what we did. And so like and, and that's the continuing expansion of hip hop going global, especially like on the cusp of the 50th anniversary next year. Like that that to me is like the proper way to look at it. Like, yeah, you know, Bad Bunny may not be directly ours, but like the the way that the genre is expanding and there's so many sub genres. And the way that the influence is played into pop music, like now it's on such a larger stage where, you know, you can look at somebody who does reggaeton or, and, and sometimes it does like really traditional elements of it. And it's like, but it, the, the bridge is clearly from hip hop. It's funny you mentioned that because like you worked on the bridge 50 years of hip hop podcast. And that's like a topic we've been talking about. Probably. I think we had an episode called is rap cooked question mark. And it was just basically like rap as we know it is kind of done. Like, Vance and Chance were on that side, and I was on the side of, like, it's not done. It's more so, like, evolving, and it's not going to be, like, we're not going to have that type of classic rap, but you are going to see, like, people like Doja Cat or, like, a Don Tolliver. That was kind of my argument. So I think it, you uh, can't use rap, though. That's my whole point. Like, I still think it's rap, rap, though. I feel like, like rap we should is still be able to of take that. Though. It's, I mean, it's still, so my take on it is it's, it's just, it's different. It's going to be different, and to me, it's still rap. And I I still call it rap, but to 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 Chance's point, like it, there's it's subgenres. It's just, but we're we're not at the space yet where like we, and even like subgenres are, it, uh, titles in, in in some ways are defined by like the retail experience, right? Like in 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 classification. So when you go to a store, you could be like, all right, yeah, here. And so you know, as as it's as we went to the streaming era and it's more just like, you know, does this fit in the vibe? Can I play this? And it's, it, it's here. And that's why I can all kind of go in the, the, the pot of like rap. Um, but I think, I, I don't know if we'll ever get to that space where we're like super comfortable, like uh, straying things out by genres and, 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 and all these subgenres uh, rather, but it, you know, but if we are, they are, you know, they're, they're clearly like 
subgenres. Um, I, I don't like the idea when people are like, uh, um, like Doja Cat. Obviously, like there's a, a huge pop element element to it. She signed to Dr. Luke's label. Like that, you know, that, that that clearly has aspirations to do that. But like when like my man Angel uh, Diaz, like him or B dot, like they'll always be like, oh, you know, Drake's not a rapper. Oh, that's not rap. That's pop. And it's like, stop it, man. Like that, you know, that's that. That's just not uh, 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 true. But yeah, you know, I I think in in terms of like what it's gonna be like, and and also it's just changed. Like the, the like my bag is like ninety four to ninety seven New York rap, like DJ Clue era, like rap. You know what I mean? Like all that mixtape shit. But I, but I'm not. I don't go out and and listen to stuff and and say like, oh, you know, like. It does mean no service to to point at Don Tolliver and be like, man, like he can't even spit. And you know, there's a lot of people my age and older who have that view. But the, you know, the 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 value of lyricism has depreciated, and what it used to be a quarter in '94 now it's worth a nickel or a dime. And so you know, there's just other elements of a, a composition and rap that are worth more and make things enjoyable or successful. And that you know, and that's what you see in like Don Tolliver. Uh, um, Travis Scott, and you know, like I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to frame my taste today based off of like what used to be hitting in '94 or 2004, or 2014. And I, I think if you have that, I, I think having that perspective is more healthier to kind of appreciate how the culture is expanding and how hip hop is is, uh, you know, like I said, it's just different, right? Like, you know, we and we might not have like those big tent uh, moments. And a lot of that too is like hip hop, like the media is just so bifurcated now where like before, you know, you would just get your coverage in, you know, Vibe, The Source and Double XL and like maybe MTV where it's like now you can get it every, like, you know, like th there's certain like Twitter feeds where like you could just get your own like coverage and find out what's going on like just by this Twitter feed or by this Instagram account or by this TikTok account. And so like, you know, because it's so spread out that way, I don't know if we'll ever have like these big arrival moments where we're like, damn, this is the next person we're going to crown. Um, and, you know, and they're having, they're taking over and having their moment. Um, and, you know, and, and again, that's part of the reason why, like, I want hip hop to kind of look at Burner Boy and, and Bad Bunny to feel like, but, you know, that's, we can, we can feel like that's part of what we did. No, I definitely, um, I definitely also think the, the fact that, I mean, I also might just be young and, and and seeing kind of like looking being able to really first for the first time like have the ability to look back on like my music kind of palette over like the last decade or so um but I feel like the errors are also kind of changing much faster like you said you, you don't want to base what was hot in 2014 and, and try to use that to kind of determine what's going to be hot now because I feel like I've seen stats that even talk like judge going back to like the 60s of like what were the top topic, like the hottest topics talked about in music and like whether it was love, family, like relationships, and then it started getting to like more towards wealth and um, drugs and violence. And I think even now I would probably argue that we've probably like regressed a little bit from like some of the drug rap that was like super, super prevalent, like even maybe like three, four, five years ago. Um, but I think the fact that the eras are shifting super quick too also kind of dilutes the whole process of, like you said, crowning like a, a king, because like maybe the king this year might not be the king next year, which is why I do like, you know, capsulating hip hop into like kind of years and, and time periods, because it's too hard to really look at things over like a decade span, which is why I think the Drakes are so impressive, like the fact that he's able to just maintain his pole position without really much worry but that comes from an adaptation how what, what, what we talking about like the only reason he's been able to maintain his relevancy because every time we see he might you know be slipping or a fall off he going you know he's sort of not the first but he's the first major one or a major adopter of like a sound like he hops on with the black boy jb or he hops on for instance as early as the migos he hops on the versace and he, he he gets like you know that little scene jumping so i think you know that just that just talk to that point but that's that, but that's also a talent like people yeah. look at that as a criticism jay-z did that with timberland he, he first started with swiss then jumping to timberland then jumping to the neptunes like you know i i think that's i, I think people kind of look at that people who do and also when we talk about that we're, we're specifically talking about jay-z and drake right like 
oftentimes I think people point at those two as if they're like the rule when they're really the exception. Because, uh, you know, people just don't have the the the, the reins that they had in that regard. But I, I also think to um, what you're saying, Vance, like, I think part of the era shifting too is accelerated by technology changing, right? Like, because usually you have to, like a new sound, or new entrants come in because of uh, technology's change, right? And so it's like blog right, right. era rap, you know, opened the entryway for like Chance the Rapper, Action Bronson. Um, it, you know, created a different type of underground where you get like Rock Marciano. And then SoundCloud comes in and, that, you know, and then it's like, even like with the metadata that was a big part of SoundCloud. And so you had like Juice World and like XXX Extension, like they're, they're Oh, and Trippy Red, where they're, you know, they're putting like rock or like horrorcore and like, you know, Playboy Cardi and kind of some of the stuff he's doing. And, yeah. you know, that was that was a direct result of SoundCloud. And then also just like not paying for a pro account makes them do like smaller songs, right? Because they're trying to fit as many songs as they can right. into into like a free account because of that bandwidth, right? And then like now, and then you could throw in uh, like Valley in there too, right? And then with TikTok, uh, like now it's like, really focusing on like different parts of songs changing like every 15 seconds to account for like you know the, the trying to like garner popularity on that account and so it's like the the, the but before you had like vinyl for like 30 40 years cassettes had like a run for 20 years cds had a run for like 10 and 12 years now that you know it's it's you know like Hawkshare had its run when it was like the blog era, then SoundCloud, then streamers. Now people are like, you know, my wife works at a record label. And so because of the pandemic, I can, I can hear her upstairs working all day. It's like every marketing meeting, they're like, TikTok, what are we doing for TikTok? And I'm like, damn, you've been talking about this shit for 30 minutes. Um, but, you know, it, it because it's, the technology kind of facilitates um, a lot of that change. So, so to your point, like I do think it's happening faster because the dominant run of consumption and where we're using and the devices we're going to, it keeps changing much faster than it did in the past. And to that point, like you mentioned, obviously you've been embracing like the changes in hip hop and you don't see the genre as dying. But I think, you know, as we, Hell as no. you know, as you know, technology Thank continues you. to progress. We're in like, you know, very much a microwave society where, you know, things are here today and they're, they're very much gone tomorrow. Do you not think that in some way is damaging to the to the genre does dilute the genre to some extent just because like for instance not to say it's a bad thing but you do have these artists now where you're seeing like these these massive um projects because they're going for streams so I, you lose the potency of like a true album and then you see like you know the artists who are sort of you know shamelessly but not so shamelessly trying to chase like the tiktok kick like a kodak black is like a prime example with his song walk and spin where he just like repeating these words to sort of get like this this buzz on TikTok. Like, what is just your, your point of view on that? And is it just you know part of the territory? Because like when you talk to different old heads, like they'll talk about their era, but how like you know come to a certain inflection point, they sort of lose their fandom for the genre. And I feel like myself, I'm not sure I'm at that point yet, but I definitely feel like you know as the years <laughs> go on, um. <laughs> You know, I'm definitely like, all right, like I'm not in as much into like these, you know, like these really TikTok songs or like the King Carson's, like these very rowdy punk, like influenced styles. Is it like, do you just sort of get kicked to the curb if you if you don't embrace the change or like, w what is just your opinion on that? Um, and I just want to be clear. You're not asking me as the old head. We're just talking. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're just talking. Not, I'm just, yeah, yeah. Not, not, that's cool. <laughs> um, not just messing with you. No, I think, um, um, so I think that question is comp I think the answer to that is complex because there's a lot of things. And so I'm, I'm going to go meta with it, like really like, or, or, or macro, sorry, like really wide, but I'll go micro, like as it, as it pertains to you, like, I think with, with like guys your age, I'll start with the micro part. So like with guys your age, there, there's, what you're experiencing is not uncommon, right? Like I went through that stage myself too, right? Where like, I was junior, senior year of college, first year out of college, and I'm super like raucous, underground. Like I'm, 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 uh, uh, I'm, I'm originally from Delaware, so I'm like I'm going to shows in Philly that are at like the TLA Theater, not like the big venues. Because I'm, I'm like, you know, uh, um, and, and I'm talking same elements of you, like you know the stuff that's like pure and, and this and the culture and that, whatever, and 
you know, I just, I, I think that like widening it, like the lens back out, like, you know, it, it's Kodak is playing the, the, the hand that he's dealt, right? Like it's part of society. Right. And he, you know, uh, uh, and I, I think part of he's playing the game, like he has that record too, but like super gremlin also came out this year. Right. Like, yeah. and that's a dope record. And I, and I think like Kodak is probably like one of, of a few artists, like he really makes good projects where I want to hear the whole thing. And that that's not necessarily like the case. Like, you know, I, I have this thing, like when I look back at the end of the year, it's usually like older rappers make uh, my, my favorite albums, but younger rappers make my favorite singles. Um, and, you know, and part of that reflects, you know, we, we, there's sort of a gray beard era of rap now where people are still participating and, you have somebody like Royce the Five Nine who really kind of understands his life at this point, and he's making really great albums. And you know, there's like Little Tecca can't compete with that, right? Like he he just hasn't lived the life to kind of have this perspective to kind of carry a, a body of work in a certain regard, like Royce can. Um, like that Jay Z verse, doesn't... that God did verse. It's like yeah, nobody under I mean, twenty five can like give that verse, and that's why yeah, it was even... the verse. And like even like like look at the stuff that like Nas is doing now or like I, late career Little Wayne to me is like the most interesting dude in hip hop. Like I love the funeral. I thought the funeral was super dope. I thought I, th- I thought he didn't get like recognition of like, sort of like the conceptual element that he was trying to do. He's still murdering guest verses, um, but but to not like ramble and get too far away from that. Like I, I, you know I think part of like your feeling of that is like very common for your age and 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 kind of like the the you're witnessing a, a change of something and, and and there's a certain foundation of like what you think should be and so you know you want to gravitate that to, to 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 people that are like you know the, the art of the album but also like for consumers you know it's 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 a little bit of a chicken and egg where um you know people like singles and songs and the world that we live in it's very easy to access like playlists and you're just getting songs so again the value of an album has decreased for the import of like what it used to be like we don't even talk about classic albums the way that we used to and we kind of just give that to to the lane of like the the the, the people who are already familiar who make dope albums like you know Kendrick J Cole and 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 kind of leave it at that um but you know i i, I think you have to acknowledge like the world that it's in and you know tiktok has its drawbacks but also it but it is a place for discovery right and it's it's i'm happy for like armani white and like billy eilish and i think i think he's dope uh, you know i i, I think that mixing he put that out before he got signed was like really interesting i want to see what he's going to do um and so you know it's 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 I, I, again. I said it earlier. I just don't think it does any value for, and so like I'm 43, right? Like I just don't think it's any value for people who are like 33 and 43 and or, or like 50 to kind of look at like Playboy Cardi and, and hear like Playboy Cardi sometimes makes like grunts in his verses and all the stuff and they'll be like, yo, that. But that's not what like I, I'm used to like Mob Deep. and it just doesn't allow you to see like the talent and frame for like what he does. And, um, you know, in the same way that like, like run, like run DMC, like run DMC was like groundbreaking at the time. Like if you, if we go back and listen to it, you'd be like, man, the rhymes are kind of like stilted or like Karis one, like, you know, his flow is kind of like some of his like BDP stuff, like the, his flow is kind of really like rigid and stilted. You're like, man, this shit was dope. But, you know, but if you listen to it and for the context of like the time and like what they were advancing, like it was more progressive than like Cold Crush Brothers, which was super like kind of like hickory dickory dock type of like rhyme pattern. So I don't know. I, I I just think it brings a much better like lens for your experience when you kind of look at it in the context of like what's going on now, what's the value for what it is now. And and also and being okay with like even if I don't like it, I can understand why it's successful. I feel like also this this is another important question I want to ask. How do you feel about gatekeeping? Um, I guess I guess you maybe you might be you might be an anti gatekeeper just because you mentioned how like you know you want to embrace like this global you know genre or whatnot. But I'm of sort of the what is it the thought that <laughs> pro I think then huh you're pro gatekeeping. I'm very Say much a gatekeeper. Just. Um, I think there needs to be more of it. You know, in our genre, 
I think you get like sort of, you know, especially, you know, with the globalization of it, social media, um, you know, particularly in a context where it's about to become a rant. So I'm not even going to go there. Um, <laughs> go, ahead. go ahead. You know, particularly in the context we were talking about yesterday with sort of the death of, um, you know, takeoff and whatnot. You know, the conversation always get brought up is the music too violent is the music. This is the music that. That's affecting, you know, what's happening in the streets. And, you know, to one answer, you know, hip hop has become just an extension of the streets like hip hop culture and sort of street culture have become, you know, one. But I think at the same time, because the genre, you know, has been adopted by so many and because you're seeing like you'll hop on a TikTok or you'll hear, you know, your Asian friend, he's rapping some lyrics about some street shit that, you know, you don't know nothing about this. You ain't never lived this, understand it, nothing. But that sort of gets glorified. That sort of becomes, you know. It's almost like the black trauma trope, right, that we talk about so much in media in general. Like, I don't want to see another slave movie. I don't want to see, you know, this. I don't want this to be for your enjoyment. Jeffrey Dahmer is the perfect example. So just how do you feel about, you know, sort of gatekeeping in hip hop? Is there not enough of it? Should there be more? And what context is it appropriate? And what context is it not? Just just want to hear your okay, thoughts. Gatekeeping one on one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I would probably consider myself like a professional gatekeeper, right? Like, I, I, I worked at magazines. I, I worked at ma- <laughs> like that was my profession, right? Like, yeah. I worked at magazines, and you know, we're we're choosing what to put in our pages, right? Like, we're, we're choosing not only what to put in our pages, but then I'm deciding like who's going to write about it, right? And so, um, I, I, and a lot of again, a lot of that is lost because of the democratization of media right and it makes you know anybody can kind of be media on some level or not and so i think a lot of that contributes to it where like again like my background like i used to be a report i was a hip-hop reporter at mtv for five and a half years uh me and my brother shaheem reed shaheem was there for 10 years and you know there was a period where if like if something happened like you were going to mtvnews.com because you knew either i was going to write about it or shot and i don't think it's um i don't think it's me uh exaggerating to say like we had it on lock like everybody in the industry fans everybody was looking to like our bylines for, for this type of stuff and we had like the very rigorous uh like confines to like have to be first or quick, but also accurate and right. Great vetting process, yeah. And so it, you know, high, intense, and very pressured. And and I remember having to like make those phone calls to police and managers and labels and try to find anybody to try and get this information and confirm the stuff. And you know now it's like you'll see stuff on Twitter. And or even when you see like the legs, like places that I used to work for, like now the way they write about it, you know, they'll say like according to reports, and it's like it's your media. Why why are you according to somebody else? <laughs> like you know, find, find, like find find that shit out yourself. And you know, I, I think that's sort of like a systemic kind of breakdown that's happening. And 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 that's and then again, like because Consequences Sound and Pitchfork and GQ and New York Times and. Uh, you know, even sometimes Vanity Fair, like all these places cover hip hop and, you know, their interest in it, uh, um, like not that it's like nefarious, but sometimes it lies into like, oh, man, like little baby has this many followers and he wants to do something with us. Yeah, we'll do it. And then like, you know, maybe and I'm just singling out him just for an example. And then like, you know, little baby might be like, yeah, I want that. Like, I want that Vanity Fair shit. Like, fuck that double XL shit. And, you know, what comes with that is somebody that doesn't sort of recognize, like, just, like, the, the blackness of it all. You know what I mean? Like, you you can't, like, separate, like, it's, it's that's the undercurrent of hip-hop culture, right? It's, it's like, it's black culture. And so, like, when you talk about, like, uh, if, if people say, like, oh, hip-hop has a gun problem. Hip-hop doesn't have a gun problem. America has a gun problem, Right. And then if you're talking about hip hop, like the, the hip hop is foundationally a black culture with supporting like Latino elements to it, right? From like its origins. And although like it's it's popular and it's become like, you know, America's number one export and it's like the number one pop culture like driver, it it it, it you know, it doesn't do right to me like when it's it's you know, like Young Gravy, for instance, right? Like, I, you know, <laughs> like, I, I like that record he has, but like, 
I'm definitely like it's so it's, it's like that like Dr. Umar meme that like people show where he has like his hat and he's watching something. It's like you know like I'm eyeing young like young gravy for like the wrong moment. You know what I mean? Um, and and I I think we have to be protective of that. You know like if 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 sort of like the walls of what used to protected or I think it's more so like protected have have dropped down so it can expand then you know if it's not going to be like these institutions that once used to be the guardrails like hot 97 or double xl or whatever then it has to be us right and and i think you saw an example of that with like when capital signed um that one kid who who then like had the ai generated rapper and like um, yeah, FMECA. Mecca. and like you know, yeah. yeah, and like you know that like that shit was trash from like top to bottom. Like to, yeah. just like it was just nasty work. It, yeah, it was just it was just like na- like nasty work. You know what I mean? And um, you know that there was, but there was no like like institutional place that called it out. Like you know what I mean? Like it started on Twitter. People saw the voices of it, and then like you know, a group of people kind of like rallied around and like made that that opposition official and then it went at it and then it kind of went down but like i, I i'm 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 pro gatekeeping because i think it protects the blackness of it underneath all of it and i think that's foundational to all of it all right uh last question i pro- i pitched you on the idea of coming on for 20 minutes it's been an hour so that's just the last question uh we've got our year in rap we always like rank the top projects we were probably doing that in like a month and a half so if you want to just uh, I'm, let's give you a top three what are your top three rap projects of the year so far? Um, Soul Soul Separately, uh, Freddie mm-hmm. Gibbs. Um, I think that's probably the best album of the year. Mm. Um, I really like uh, Vince Staples' album. Um, why am I drawing a blank on the name of it? Ramona, Ramona Park, Park, Ramona Park. Heart. Yep. That's probably yeah. number one. Yeah, I, yeah I, th- I think that's his best album. Um, then from there, um, and I, I, it's funny because I have my, my my midway year list. Um, those are top top two, and then um, does the future make it? No, I, and I, I did I, I like that album, but no, no. <laughs> maybe that would be like cracking tennis. Maybe um, there was a lot of good albums this year. I'm just trying to think like who would I put in like three. Um, and that's about, I don't know. I like Megan The Stallion's album. I did um, like that album. I, the Duke Deuce joint that just came out, uh, Memphis Massacre Three. I thought it was, it was dope. I, I really like like the 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 only built for Infinity Links. I thought that was a really strong album. Um, I don't know what I'll put in my three. Maybe Kendrick's. Um, I, I, I thought that. I, yeah, I thought I thought that was so challenging mm. in a way that like you. Um, you have, it's like you have to listen to it so closely because you 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 not like you have to be sure that like he's not bringing references from like past albums because you know like the way he makes his compositions are so dense. Um, I still think it's it's been his year, even though it, it's not been sort of like the same dominance that he normally has. But just for like the 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 what he went for on that album, and then you know the corresponding tour. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'd probably say like yeah, uh, Mr. Morale. Um, Ramona Park and um, uh, Freddie Gibbs album. All right, that's nice. good three. To me, it's been quiet for Kendrick. I'm gonna be honest. It's been quiet for him this year, based off, based off expectations, what? based off like the last five years. Like even now, like I definitely have a lot of respect for the album. And I was telling these guys, you know, when they were bashing on it, that you know, it was Ooh. it was a, it was a solid project. <laughs> Um, on the record, no chance is the best gaslighter you'll ever meet, so don't believe that. (laughs) All right, maybe I'm exaggerating. Um, yeah, but you know, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, thank you for waiting up on me, appreciate that for sure. Was trying to get here as fast as possible. Um, so thank you. Nah, my pleasure, man. Good to build with y'all, and good to meet with y'all, man. For sure, Jason Rodriguez, subscribe to uh, Backseat Freestyle Newsletters. Fire, so thank you, thank you again for coming on. I appreciate it.
niggas hear my song, they say I'm insane. Just let it post office, I come in deliver pain. Leather jackets on us like I'm on a psycho gang. Blades on our sticks, nigga, you know where we bang. I get y'all time to catch up. These niggas still ain't catch up. You know I'm still running it up. I'm never gonna run it up. Podcast over, dog.